Yes, sir. We back. The We Outside Show. Your boy, DJ Filthy Rich. Yeah, it's your boy, DJ Big X. And we got the boy Simba in the building. Yo, what's up with my guys, man? What's oh, up yeah, with man. my guys? We here, bro. What's happening, man? Man, feeling good, man. It's always a good time being in the A, man. I love Atlanta. I've been eating good all day. Or smoking good, drinking good. That sound about right. It's been a good day. I you seen like, you at the, uh, you was on Bankhead at the spot earlier. Yeah, man. man I was over there on Bankhead uh, at Sabrina's. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I went out last night. The tip had an event okay. at, at his, uh, the Trap Cafe. We went over there. Uh, I've just been moving with the Magic City last night. Got some wings. Mm, Magic know, City just, Monday, huh? Yeah, we just moving around. We How they treat you in there? How you get treated? Oh, it's love now. It's crazy because when I first started, coming out here didn't nobody really know me right but like being out here the last two years i've been working with a lot of different producers a lot of different artists mm -hmm. so i've been meeting a lot of people just through that so last night like with the album being out and everybody seeing me it was like the first time i was moving through just seeing everybody i know out here so it was dope oh that's dope man i like that they were so you've been well received out here that's yeah cool. definitely 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 we've been we've been talking about getting a spot out here in the a man Oh, man, you definitely got to do it, man, for real. Yeah, we got to like, come to the uh, end. Hey, we moved short out here like in 94 for the Freak Nick, so yeah. he fell in love. and He never left. He stayed about 10, 15 years. Yeah, nah, the A is it's beautiful because it's our culture, bro. Like, I was just telling um, my bro earlier, like, I understand why Atlanta runs hip-hop because it's like y'all got y'all own platforms for, for y'all music outside of streaming and outside of radio. So last night we in tip restaurant just listening to classic Jeezy and mm -hmm. you know what I mean new little baby records and young niggas I ain't even know their names they records hard right but it's like I'm in my phone looking them up you know trying what I mean sign. like trying to see who they <laughs> is like yeah. going to Magic City like y'all got platforms for black culture bro and it's just beautiful to see nah that's why even we we doing this this radio show is good for us too because it extends um something that we do with the coalition djs yeah we have a, a platform that we do here actually at stank corner studios every monday yeah. called new music monday with artists you have like people like you that's already on and you yeah. have people that's up and coming and they perform for a room full of djs and that's how i gotta come through man. when i get off this tour i'm gonna pop out sometime in october november for sure yeah that'll be dope man. for sure because it's just getting all through. the djs in one place you know yeah. what i'm saying so nah and yeah. that's important man i gotta rock with the djs man shout out to all the DJs. Yeah, let's get you to pop out like January when we do the anniversary. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> do it. Though. Let's do it. Let's put go. it together. That's the mastermind right there. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so speaking of A, man, of the A, I first got put on to you from my barber, right? Okay. You know, barbers be like your, your therapist, your, your, you know, yeah, yeah, everything, yeah, right? Yeah, for so sure. He know I'm a hip-hop junkie, bro. Like, I like MCs. That's why I, I'm glad you came because you the type of artist with this platform that I want yeah. to come on here. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It ain't like no, no drill, murder, kill, all that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like you're real creative. But I first got put on you uh, with the Big Homie record. Yes. With Chains. Big Chains. And I was like, damn, this dude is raw. Yeah. My barber was like, nah, man, you're going to like this dude. Just listen to him. So yeah. I started listening and then, you know, graduating now to one of my favorite verses that you ever did, bro, was with Chains again, bro. Mm. Vlad TV. Ah, uh, yeah. What's wrong with you, boy? I watched my cuz drop out BMF to go to USF. So then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, what's wrong with you, man? Nah, that <laughs> what, what's crazy is um I never even told this story. What's crazy is that was originally my song. What? So I was originally doing the hook, That's right? And I so I had wrote the verse, and um no, I'm lying. I wrote the hook. I took the hook home, and I was like, damn. Stove gotta sound hard on this, right? So I, I sent it to Stove, and then Stove sent this verse back, and I was like, oh, I gotta go crazy.
crazy right now. And Stove, like, he's so... Y'all know Stove God? Yeah. Stove God Cooks? Yes. He just so skilled as a rapper to where he could just jump into all these different pockets. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to walk <laughs> this one down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to walk it down. So I put my verse on it, and then one day I pulled up on Chains, because we record at the same studio in L.A., mm -hmm. and um, I pulled up on him, and I played it for him. And I was like... You might as well, you might as well give us one of them big Tony moments Thanks. right now, cause like Chains, he I feel like he don't get the credit he deserve as a lyricist. Yep. yep, like he's really an elite lyricist. You yep. know what I mean? And I think because he makes the big hit sometimes that gets overshadowed. But he's an elite lyricist. Yep. So I knew he was gonna go crazy, and when he went crazy, I was like, bro, this your song, bro. Yeah, this is your song. Nah. Like you, you went crazy. Okay. That was a hell of an alley oop you threw him because I should have known that 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 song got your DNA in it, bro. I should have known that was your song. Yeah, nah, nah. I wrote the hook and then I hit the homie major to do it and then I played it for Chains. He went so crazy. I was like, bro, this is your song. Yeah, this is your song. Man. Nah, respect, man. That's my joint, yo. Yeah, that's yeah. You nah, I appreciate crazy. that. That's I what love I was that like. Song. Okay, this. This nigga right here? Yeah. All right, big. He's a big problem, man. Yeah. I was like, yo, anybody I put on now? So, you know, when you, when you play new music for people who ain't heard somebody, yeah. it's always like one song. You be like, all right, if you never heard him before, this is the song you play. Yeah. When I put niggas on the cymbal, I play that song. Play that joint, yeah. yeah. No, that's what's you, up, man. Shout out to Chains, too, for throwing that on the project. Like, I know you say he, I threw him a lot, but he threw me many a lives, and him putting it on the project was special. Because sometimes, like, Great songs could go unheard if they're not on the right platform. Yep. You know, and I wasn't at the time, my name wasn't where it is today. Um, and that platform actually helped me get a little mm -hmm. further. So shout out to Chains, man. He always looking out for me. That's dope, Good man. Chains, yeah, guy. yeah, man. He's always there for me. He came out to my uh, my show in L.A. I just did for my release party for the project. He came out. We performed Big Homie. And he did I'm Different. And then uh, the night after that, he jumped on Pop Out on a new album. Yeah. yeah. He heard Pop Out. He just started going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so he jumped on that. Shout out to Chase. Yeah, y'all got good chemistry. And it's good to have somebody like a legend in the game really rock with you like that. Facts. You know what I'm saying? I, I was telling people that before, too. You said about... I'm I'm like a hip hop junkie, bro. Yeah, like, I yeah. like lyricists, so I'm I'm big on change, like you said too. Yeah, I be telling people like, yo, how can he not be nice when he came in under Ludacris and Wayne? Facts. Two of the best Facts. rappers. You know what I'm saying, bro? Like, like if you really nice. listen to the things Change say, you know what I'm saying? Like four four bulldog, Georgetown Hoya fan. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he like he so witty with it, is so lyrical with it. He say, what he say, oh, pop out. He say, I'm most riding with a stallion. You would a one trick pony. pony. <laughs> <laughs> See, and he funny too, bro. Hilarious. <laughs> he yeah. be going, man. Shout out to Chains, man. He been like a big part of like my come up. Like the the biggest, that was the first person ever, like really give me a cosign and like rock with me and just give me game. I remember I was frustrated. Uh, about soul ties on the new project because we originally had a sample in there we couldn't get the sample cleared yeah. and then um i was telling him like man we can't get it clear he was like don't trip killer i couldn't get it cleared either like, he played <laughs> me a song he had with the same sample they, he couldn't get it cleared either Dang. then we found out like lizzo couldn't get it cleared and all these black ips i think tried to get it cleared. the they same were, sample yeah Damn. yeah Dang. it's a, it's a smash record like okay smash record but they wouldn't clear but when I seen him say that, I kind of calmed down. Like, all right, shit, yeah. chains can't get it clear. So it happened to the best shit, of us. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, so 
let's talk about the new project, bro. Definitely. Uh, Definitely. Drama, man. Yeah. Drama. So what, what made you link with drama and say, I'm going to do a Gangster Grills? Man, just something I always wanted to do. You yeah. know, like you said, I, I grew up a hip-hop fan, a hip-hop junkie, and Gangster Grills is a classic series. Oh, yeah. You know, so um, we originally originally had talked about it last year, around April, and I just felt like the music wasn't right yet. You know, mm -hmm. I had a bunch of music. I'm always recording, yeah. so I got a bunch of music, but it's a it's a it's a point it's a part that happens in that process of just recording where you start realizing what you want the project to sound like. In the beginning, you just kind of fishing around, you jumping right. on this beat, doing this, doing that. But once you figure it out and you get like four to five good joints, and you want to go in a direction, you know exactly where you want to go. So I had these four to five joints, and I sent them over to Drama, and he was just like, boy, you in your bag right now. And I was like, I think I know where I want to go with it. And then uh, we just kind of flushed it out from, like, um, I was recording all last year, but we really started, like, closing out around July, August, where we was just in there banging our head on the wall every day, rewriting verses, mm. changing hooks, redoing beats. And then me and him went to New York. He was actually on tour, so I flew to New York to meet him in the studio. And then he did all his drops. He was just in there having great conversation, great hip hop conversation. Yeah. And he just went in the booth and just one take everything. Yeah. You know, so it it was a beautiful experience for me, man. Like I grew up watching Gangsta Grills. Like when I went on Sway, that's why I rapped on the Cannon beat because I used to be in school. Cannon. Yeah, I used to be in school, like really writing to that beat every day. I probably wrote a million different verses to that beat. Yeah. Like I always used to rap to that beat. So Gangster Girls got like a special place in my heart, so it was important for me to do that. Yeah, yeah Gangster Girls is going crazy right now too. Yeah, yeah, he back. Yeah, he, he on fire. Back. But people don't even understand, like, well, people do understand, especially in the A. Like, a Gangster Girls is like your album in the ghetto for sure. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Like, ain't nobody waiting on no major label. You got a Gangster Girls, you got an album. You got an album. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And it sounds sure. like that. It sounds like for that. sure. So I could tell a lot of work got that's, put into that. No, definitely. And that's what I was going to ask you too. Like when you when you put the project together with with Drama, did y'all go in with a concept of like building an album or was it like let's put out some songs for a mixtape? Yeah, well originally it was going to be um me freestyling over instrumentals. Right. That's like the original idea we had. But at the time, I felt like I was developing into a better songwriter. Right. So as I started making certain songs like um Trust Issues, mm -hmm. Can't Win for Nothing, uh, soul ties. I start realizing, like, man, maybe this should feel more like a, like a project, like a real album. So I had already had the concept of results take time, cause I always wanted my next project to be about where I'm currently at today, and where I'm trying to go, and what all it took for me to just to get to this point. And there's still so much more to do. Um, so I kind of had that concept already. I had concepts like can't win for nothing, sacrifices, blessings, better days, to get people through life. You know what I mean? We we got music for the club. We got music uh, for radio. But it's like sometimes I feel like it's a lack of just everyday music, shit that make you want to get up and go to work in the right. morning. Things when your boss getting on your nerves. You know what you're going to listen to, them long rides home while you sitting in traffic. And uh, I was just really creating from that space. And then once I kind of got a about a good, I say, 10 songs, I knew what else I needed. I needed something for the club. I needed something for, you know what I mean? I needed yeah. to sprinkle little parts in. So um, it was really me, Dallas, Dallas Martin over at Atlantic Records and my team, bro, just every day nailing away at it. That's my real. team over there too. <clears throat> I love everybody at Atlantic. Yeah, best label in the world. Chris Bone, that's my guy. Sam, that's my man. <laughs>
Yeah, but um, I also heard, I also read, and I was looking online. You was working with Dre. Yeah. And what was that? What was that experience like working with Dre? Yeah, it's um, it's like a, <clears throat> it's like a great learning experience. So it's like you gonna learn a lot with Dre. You gonna learn how to act your lyrics out. Um, you gonna learn to listen for broader sounds. You know, you gonna learn to hear the hi hat in the back that you wouldn't pay attention to that he was listening to every tedious thing and told you turn that down or take this out um it's 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 a perfectionist you know he's a perfectionist yeah. like he, he they don't call him the doctor for no reason like he right. really in there doing surgery um on everything he do so for me one of the biggest things i learned was just you know acting my lyrics out more not just mm. going in the booth rapping acting them out as if i'm really living in them in that moment Cause it's a lot of legendary mcs that never got a chance to work with drake yeah yeah. So I know that was big, you know what I mean? Big time, bro. It was my mama was texting me the whole time because I called her. <laughs> and I was on the way over there. She texted me, What's he like? Yeah. I'm like, Ma, I just got here. Damn. <laughs> you know Is that where uh dope. I know Stat Quo was over there? Is that where he was hating on you? Nah, man. <laughs> Stat. Stat was uh Stat actually worked at I had a deal at Columbia before I was on Atlantic. Mm. And uh truthfully, like I say on, on God on the project, um, I signed the deal because I was just I needed some money at the time, and I needed to figure out my next move. Mm. Um, I had just moved to L.A., saved up all my bread, bought a studio, and then I just was losing bread, bro, going out, buying drinks, trying to get tables to be seen, yeah. running through the bag. And I was like, damn, what am I going to do? So I needed something to sit down and plan. So I was writing records for people at the time, and I got signed to Columbia off of a record I wrote for somebody else, but they wanted me to just keep making records like that as an artist. I always knew I wasn't going to continue to do that, but I'm like, fuck it. I'm about to take this bag, yeah. get in one record, and wait till they drop me. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that was, that was my goal, to just figure the plan out. Yeah. And then um, when I signed to Columbia, Stat was working there. Stat was one of the A&Rs that was working there. And um, he just used to always, bro. And like I said, you know, I got love for Stat. Like, I learned a lot from Stat. Like, it's things I do today that I learned from Stat. Mm. But it wasn't like he taught me those things. Right. Right? He just would tear me down and tell me this. And I'd walk in the room in front of the whole label. And he'd just start getting on my line. I'd be like, damn, bro, like, yeah. help me help me get it right. Like, all right, nigga, what should I do then? Right. You know Don't what play I mean? Me. Yeah, like, just let me know. And then, you know, years go by and I seen him and stuff, but then I always just hear little things about, yeah, I was talking to Stat Cole, he said you ain't a star. And just be like, where this come from? Right? And I'd be on the phone with somebody else, and they said, well, Stat said you might be a star, but you can't make records. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it just felt like a never-ending thing of just like, damn, bro, like, is it a personal issue with me or something? Yeah. So I felt the need to address it, but I didn't I didn't attack him or nothing. I was just, you know, letting him know that used to bother me, bro. And at a point in time, like, you almost made me stop making music. Yeah, you spoke your truth, though. I mean, yeah. that's just your truth. But, but I got but I gotta ask you that too, you know, you know, being that I know Stat too, yeah. like, and he probably said, "Well, you couldn't write a song being that." And and I know you probably deal with that now, being a lyricist. Yeah, a lot of people go, "Lyricists don't make songs." Yeah, they just great lyricists. Yeah. Do you feel the pressure of that, like putting the album together now? Not no more. I think I solved that. Well, I parked that conversation with this new project. Results right. take time. Okay. Um, I'm not rapping on beats. I'm rapping on records. Okay. So it's a lot of times on these songs where I could be a lot more lyrical, but the record doesn't call for me to do that. 
right? So if you listen to songs like um, Overnight, the intro, uh, Can't Win For Nothing, Sacrifices, On God, Soul Ties, Find A Way, uh, No Sleep, Pop Out, these is records. Right. You know, I'm just rapping over these records. I'm not trying to prove I'm the best rapper on these records. I'm just trying to make great music for people to listen to outside of my freestyles. I just don't want to be freestyle man right. and be the person that everybody know he could rap. And yeah. That's cool. I could rap. That's yeah. going to get me talked about in the barbershop. Yeah, no doubt. But them records get you talked about in the bank. Oh, they do. And, yeah. that's, and, that's, and that was the one thing I wanted to say, too. Like, a lot of a, a lot of us that's been in the industry for a while, we always say the lyricists can't write records. Yeah. That, and we kind of beat up a, a guy who could possibly learn how to make great songs. Facts. But a lot of those lyricists fell away because we we, we really just beat them up because Facts. you know yo you can't you can't write a, you can't write a song but the lyrics that they were that they were saying was dope yeah you know what I mean yeah but the concept of making a song some people don't sit down and make great songs they just can make great rhymes most people don't take the time to like live in reality sometimes like when you making music like like when I go to the club bro I don't want to hear me. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I don't want to hear me in the club. I want to hear Pluto. I want to hear some baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to hear some shit that's going to get me turned. But when I'm going through my days or I'm fucked up, mm. I'm going to listen to me. That's right. what I want to hear. Right. And uh, I think sometimes as artists, like, people try to make people listen to what they want them to listen to. Mm. When it's just like people want to hear what's good, you know, what's some good music that they could vibe to or something that they could play every day. It's just not about what you like. And sometimes as lyricists, we just get so caught up in us liking the lyrics, we forget that people still need to listen to the song. Right. And it's that time and place for all music, too. Like, yeah. you know, nobody wants to hear bars in the club. Facts. You know what I'm, I'm not trying to get a lap dance to, you know what I mean, punch Facts. <laughs> Like, I got a record, uh, Street Nigga and Pop Out. I heard him in the club the other night, and I'm like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm sounding good in the club. Yeah. You know what I mean? But those are two records, like first time records of me attempting to try something like that. And it's working. And it's working. Yeah. You know? So it's dope. And I'm and I'm learning a lot from it, bro. Taking it all in. That's what's up. All right, so look, we're gonna pay some bills, we're gonna play some music, we're gonna come right back, man. Yes, we sir. outside show. We got Simba in the building. Yes, sir. Let's get into it. Yes, sir. We back. We outside. Show your boy DJ Filthy Rich. Yeah, it's your boy DJ Big X. And we got Simba in the building. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Uh, so look, right before the break, he was talking about uh, when you went to Funk Flex and did the freestyle. Yeah, you know, yeah, you just yeah. had to speak on a couple things, get some <laughs> things off your chest. Yeah, man. You know, uh, you know, Pac, man, that's legendary. Pac is uh, one of my favorite rappers. Mm -hmm. A lot of our favorite rappers. Um, and sometimes as a community, I feel like in hip hop, we be so quick to just like go bad on each other rather than like, you know, having a, having more of a finesse about how we communicate with each other. So it ain't always so violent and vulgar. Hmm. So I remember when Flex was, was coming at Pac, you know, a few <laughs> years ago. He, he was going hard. Yeah, Biggie wouldn't have died if that nigga didn't lie. He lied. <laughs> he did look like he was crying. Right? Yeah, he was, he was, he was going bad on Pac, you know. You know, I was I was getting ready to, to uh put my verse together for when I went up to Flex. And I was just thinking like what's some 
what's, what's some things flexed and done that I didn't agree with, right? <laughs> and the main thing I kept thinking about was the Tupac moment. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to kick my verse off and, and, and come at him about getting that Pac, man. Let him, let him, let him know how we felt about that over in the West, man. We ain't really like that flex, but he's a legend, though. So it wasn't like I was gonna go up there and disrespect him, right, or nothing like that. So I, I worded it in a in a respectful, respectful way. way, yeah. yeah. No, nah, but that was the dopest way to do it because it could have been a conversation, but nah, put it in the verse, yeah. put it in the top of the verse too. Exactly. Yeah, just exactly. set the tone early, like yo. Set the tone. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. had to run it back. Yeah. I say this boy go crazy. Yeah. Like <laughs> you got um. So you're from the Bay, but you got an East Coast energy about you, bro. Like, yeah. where, where does that come from? Man, um, I just think I was just heavily influenced by East Coast people. Uh, I used to move around a lot with my parents. Uh, lived in Philly for a little bit. Mm. Um, used to be in Atlantic City. Used to be in Jersey, uh, New York a lot when I was kid. a kid. We spent Christmas for like two weeks in New York when I was a kid. Um, and I was just always influenced, you know, by Jay-Z, uh, 50 Cent, Ja Rule. Um, just different artists even though i love the artists on the west i grew up on a lot of 40 listened to short a lot keek the sneak mac dre um but it was just something about hove you know it just it gravitated to me different it just hit me different something about x just just hit me different bro and i just always said you know when i started making music like i wanted to take after them i wanted to make my music to where it was somebody from the west that i represent for the west and mm -hmm. explain west coast culture but moreover, a universal sound to where we all could digest to it. Sometimes I feel like our music runs into our region and they crash. So like West Coast music sometimes is too fast for over here. Mm -hmm. Trap music is too slow for over there sometimes. East Coast music, they don't want to hear that, the, the bars in the club. Yeah. On the West Coast, we might think it's too slow. You know, so I always try to like merge the the sonics to where I'm I'm giving all three at one time. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how, um, it reminds me really of like when, when T.I. first came out, right? Like he had a, obviously a super heavy, heavy, heavy Southern accent. Yeah. But his flow was an East Coast flow. Yeah. Hands down to me. Like yeah. the way he would ride records and, the, and just the way he would rap yeah. was real East Coast. It kind of reminds me of that. You don't sound like him, but that's the, the no, feeling for sure. I get. You for know sure, I mean? for sure. It like blending it all together. Yep. And, and Tip was inspired by Hove. Exactly. You know, and, and, and a lot of those um artists over there on in, in New York. So I could I could definitely see that, man. But shout out to Tip too. I just seen him last night. Yeah, I gotta get in the studio, man. Yeah, yeah. You know what's crazy? Tip was actually the first person that was about to sign me. For real. Yeah, I never told this story either. Tip flew me to Atlanta, I wanna say in twenty fifteen. Wow. Damn. Yeah. In twenty fifteen, before I signed to Columbia. And we worked on some records. He was like, man, let's put it together. And um, I just, for some reason, went with the Columbia route. I don't know why. I mm -hmm. think it was because the girl I was managed by at the time ended up getting the A&R position there. You know what I mean? So I felt like I owed it to her. So you're right? she was with me. Yeah, she was with me for so long. So I felt like I owed it to her. But definitely shout out to Tip. That was the first person to literally fly me out like for a meeting and everything. Damn, that's crazy. He was on you super early. Yeah, early, early, so, 2015. So you've been on the grind for a minute, like, and I heard you say you you done, you, you <clears throat> to go in the club, you throw the money, yeah. do everything just to get that light. Yeah. So now that you're, you know, you position yourself in the game pretty much like where you want to be. Yeah. Do you think a lot of that stuff that you, a lot of the unnecessary money you spent, a lot, was a lot of that necessary to get to this point? It's two sides of it, right? It's 
is yes, that shit was hella unnecessary. Okay. Like 100%. <laughs> right? But it's like, how do you learn it's unnecessary? Right. If nobody's telling you. Okay. So you got to do it. You got to fuck up to learn. This ain't the way I should be going about it because nobody got the answers. When you jump in music, it's not. it don't come with a brochure. Yeah, definitely not. Man. Right? You could go get the, uh, what's the book they always tell you to get? The music, music the business, business one-on-one right, book. Right. Everybody tell you to read. Yeah. You can go get that shit all you fucking want to. And that book too goddamn big. That big book is big as hell. <laughs> right? Ain't nobody <laughs> reading that whole book. Ain't nobody reading that damn Everybody book. got the book and nobody read right. it. <laughs> but uh, you can read that book all you want to, right? But it's a certain thing that's not in the book, which is like real life of how things going to go for you as an artist. So everybody's circumstances is different. Everybody's finances is different. Everybody's living habits is different. So the way you live and the things you got going on in life can affect your day-to-day is trying to become an artist. Right. So it's tough. So you got to go out there and, and spend money to learn, okay, I shouldn't have spent money on that because there's nobody to tell you you shouldn't have spent money on right. that. So you got to fuck up a little bit to realize how to get it right. So I would say, yes, it's unnecessary, but I had to go through it to learn. Necessary, unnecessary, unnecessary, but necessary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, on the GOAT record, right? Yeah. You touched on, I, I like that record is hard too, man. I just like all your shit for real. But. Thank you, bro. Thank you, <laughs> the man. The GOAT record, I just like dissecting people's music. Yeah. Um, The GOAT record is crazy, but you touched on, Um, you were saying like, you kind of, these days, you can't just be a rapper, right? You got to yeah. be great outside of just that one passion. So Facts. Getting into acting and getting into other things. So what are some of the things outside of rapping that you're looking to do to build your brand and just, you know? Yeah, um, one is TV and film, um, but the main one is sports. I want to get into the sports world a lot. Um, I feel like, I, feel like I, I got this ability to, like, bridge a lot of gaps, right? And I feel like I... Um, I love what's going on in the high school basketball community right now as far as, like, these games are starting to look like NBA games, you mm-hmm. know? The Drew League, you got LeBron going to the Drew League now, playing in these pro-amp leagues, and it's, like, turning the city up. Um, but with kids, like, in uh, junior high and high school, they basketball games be so lit. And a lot of them listen to my music, and they rock with me, and they motivated by my music. They work out to and everything. So if I could be somebody that kind of bridges the gap, that, like, put them on platforms, right, uh, bring more social awareness to them. These kids getting paid now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they don't have to wait to go to the NBA to make a million dollars, right? So if you got somebody from the neighborhood that's turned up, if I could – make him a song, you know, or make a commercial with him or something and put him on a platform for more people to see him to get paid. That's something I would like to do and eventually maybe turn that into an agency or something. But um, that's that's one of the main things I want to do is get to step into the sports space, but before that, TV and film for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's dope, man, because you can't just be a rapper, bro. People don't Definitely. understand, like, rap I mean, you can. <laughs> you can. You can if, if, if you dedicate yourself to it, like, it's a lot of people, bro, that's just been rappers, like, for years. You know what I mean? And they still touring, still making money, mm-hmm. still live a successful life. But in today's era of breaking a new artist, you kind of got to jump around a little bit because it's too much music to consume, you yeah. know? so and, too, and there's a lot of outlets. There's yeah. a lot of platforms out here now. Yeah. Like, a lot of platforms that didn't exist 10, 20 years ago yep. are available to artists now. So just trying to go one way. It just ain't gonna work now. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Facts. And it's a lot of money out here. Like, look, look what 50 <laughs> did with uh, stars. Facts. Like, bro. 
Look what 50 did with TV, Kanye did with fashion, exactly. Cole did in business, you know, Ross did with wing stops and alcohol, Puff did with alcohol and movie, multiple things, you know, you, you got to use it, use this platform to be able to leverage yourself to do bigger things. Oh yeah, no doubt. I think it's like when they gaslight you, you know, that when they gaslight you, you can pretty much write your own check at that point. Exactly. Really go. I think like when I seen Beyonce blow up, I think she knew the value of what she hold yeah. when she did the, um, I guess the clothing line she did. Ivy that's when Park. She, that's yeah. when she really started to feel like, okay, man, I can really step outside of being a musician. Look at Rihanna. I about to say, Rihanna ain't made a song since, bro. You know what right. I mean? Like Rihanna, like it's, it's, it's just dope to see, man, that, you know, a talent could take you so far. Yeah. You know? Yep. And black business is beautiful, man. For sure. Yeah. I think that's sure. dope, too, that you, it, it seems like every city you go to, you yeah. go support a black business. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Nasty. I think, man, you know, like, as rappers, bro, <clears throat> sometimes, like, we be weaponizing our platform too much. You know? Like, we be so quick to just post the, the gun and post the lean and post the weed and everything when it's just like, bro, you got millions of people watching you right now. Oh, yeah. We could really, like, utilize this you know what i mean so it's like one thing that i notice is like black food be the best oh yeah you know what i mean <laughs> like, like it be the best to me it'd be seasoned you know with. and that's probably like just how i was raised and what i grew up eating so i'm used to that you yeah. know and uh sometimes i feel like you know we don't get the proper promotion or we not always starting off with a fund you know, it's people hard-earned money, and they don't always have it to go pay for the big commercial or go pay for the billboard. So if I can lend my platform to direct some people over there and highlight what they doing, why not? No, nah, that's dope. That's dope. So shout out to my bro, Dark Gable. He the one that, that plugged me so I could get you on here. Okay. Me and him was having a conversation the other day. We we laugh about Charleston White all the time. Like, oh we be on God. the phone. Charleston. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's a conversation that we was talking about the other day where he was saying, um, you know, he be talking crazy, bro. His he delivery, be talking filthy. His delivery is, is ridiculous. He be talking filthy. So he was talking about how, um, you know, Nipsey friends wasn't real because they ran when something happened to him. And basically, I think the the point he was trying to make was, you know, when you come back to the hood, the hood don't treat you right. Yeah. You know, I think you even touched on that in a song. Uh, matter of fact, I think in Big Homie you were talking about when you when you go back home, yeah. like they kind of, how do you feel about that? Like, when you get to a certain point, do you feel like you obligated to come back and start businesses in the hood? Or is it just like, y'all can't even go back because, you know, the wolves is always out? I think it's so, it's subjective, right? Because it's like, um, that's where your heart at. So it's like naturally you want to go back and do something, but then at the same time, it, it, it's it's certain people who you may not know or who wasn't around when you grew up over there, right? And they may feel a certain way about you coming through with all this jury on and what you got going on. And they kind of stuck there every day trying to figure it out. So it's like to them, you kind of, you flexing on us. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you making us look bad. So it's like, Motherfucker feel like they gotta get you out of there, but at the same time, you feel like you gotta do something to help them. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like so it's is. I don't feel nobody is. If somebody gets some money, bro, nobody's obligated to go back and do anything for anybody. Mm -hmm. That's your bread. If you made your bread, that's your bread. You wasn't with me shooting in the gym. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. But if if you feel you could do something and make a change for somebody over there so they won't be feeling that way, you can do it. But you don't always have to just be hanging out there or 
doing you could do it from a distance you know what right. i mean or you could You're be right. somebody that do it right in within there i just was at ti's restaurant last night we driving by another spot in bankhead today they said he just bought this complex this apartment complex you know what i mean yeah. tip doing it yeah. you know what i mean he living proof i know jeezy do a lot uh, so you can do it. I just think sometimes it's it's dangerous when you're trying to do it and still be there every day, because it's the the chances of you actually making that happen is slim. What's messed up is we the only race of people that do that though, right? It's like we shouldn't have to feel not safe where we come from when you're trying to give back and inspire where you come from. Like that's crazy. But that but that comes from like we we don't understand our history, bro. Mm. We don't understand who we are as a people. You know, we don't understand. Like, I remember uh, being in school one time. I tell this story all the time. And this girl in my elementary class, you know, you come back from summer vacation, you got to write a paragraph about what you did or a page about what you did on vacation. Mm -hmm. So she wrote, she went to Paris and visited her great-great-grandparents and learned the origins of this and woo-woo-woo. She learned her history as a little girl. Bro, I'm still learning shit about my dad to this day. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Real. So I don't know nothing about my granddad, his granddad, what his dad was like, what they was like. We don't know where we come from. So when you don't know what you come from, you don't have no reason to respect it. Right. All you know is what you around every day. So it's up to us, like, to put our kids, like, that 23andMe shit. Like, go get that done so your kids can know where they cousins is. Yeah. So if they in a city, tap in with them. And yeah. Learn about your uncles so you can learn about your aunties and great aunties. So we got to, you know, educate our people more just about us. Facts. Facts. I like that, man. Well, we, look, it ain't nothing else to say after that. I think I, that's I, a good way to end it. That's right. Hey, look, Simba, we appreciate you coming through, nah, man. Nah, man, thank y'all for having me. Y'all make sure y'all grab that project. For Get sure. everything he got, man. Results take time out right now. Let's get it, man.